Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is May 5th, 2023. It is Friday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Grow Your Own Optimist by Olive Blake. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, letting go doesn't mean you don't care about someone anymore. It's just realizing that the only person you really have control over is yourself by Deborah Raber. So what are we drinking today? We are drinking Sippa Spells Dark Fae, which is a mate. We've been talking about mate all week. We talked a little bit about how it was banned. We talked about the health benefits. We talked about, what else did we talk about? Foods. So today we're going to talk about um, it's magical uses. Super exciting. So this comes to us from InSpiritMetaphysical.com. So er, um, Yerba Mate is a very strong drink. It's very caffeinated. We talked about that before. So because it is very uh, powerful and forceful. It tends to be used magically for things like love and lust and fidelity. It is passionate. It is what it is, and it's strong and authentic. So uh, that definitely makes sense. So you can wear yerba mate to attract the opposite sex. An infusion of herba is a fine lust potion. If drunk with a loved one, it will ensure that you will stay together. To break off the relationship, spill some on the ground. Ooh, ooh, that's feisty. Yerba Mate is a traditional South American brew said to offer the strength of coffee with the health benefits of tea and the euphoria of chocolate. Spiritually, this herb is used in worship, religion, and other important tribal ceremonies. Drinking Yerba Mate can increase cre uh, creativity, insight, clarity, heightened consciousness, and much more. This drink is considered magical. It works on the entire mind, body, and spirit each time it is drunk. Once tried, many find yerba mate delightful, creating a deep bond with the plant that deepens and becomes more robust over time. I absolutely love that. Uh, we talked, um, was it yerba mate we were talking about? What were we talking about the other day where it was like, oh, put this, oh, clover, where they were like, yeah, put it on your door and the first man who walks by will love you. And I'm like, ugh. Like, in this 2023, like, like male podcast economy? No, no, thank you. Um, but I like, I like your mates. Um, they say it has a history of being worn to attract a partner in life. However, it can be used in spells and rituals for love. Love. Love, love. So moving into headlines. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Owl House when it came out originally and um, how it was very much like we loved because it had it was witchy and gay and love. 
So apparently, uh, I think it's since been canceled. Um, I should know this because I'm sure we talked about it, but you know. Um, but apparently, it ends with a gloriously gay send off. And this is from autostraddle.com, written by Heather Hogan. So when the Owl House premiered on the Disney Channel back in January 2020, J.K. Rowling was still a good six months away from beginning her rapid descent into becoming the face of violent transphobia. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis had even floated the country's first don't say gay bill. And frankly, most LGBTQ plus people were just relieved that Donald Trump was out of the White House. So we were taking a real breather for like the first time in a long time. Um, and that was when... Luz, the human Nasita, left behind when she stepped through the portal into the demon realm. Over the course of three seasons, Luz got herself an enemies-to-lovers lesbian girlfriend, came out as bisexual, discovered that her pseudo-mom was queer and in love with a non-binary witch, got herself a queer shape-shifting basilic sister who fell for a non-binary human, met her best friend's gay dad's, chatted with a uh, genderqueer titan and redeemed a he-they baddie, studied under her arrow ace adopted auntie, and beamed as her mom became the greatest ally of all time. The series ended this weekend triumphantly and unapologetically queer, just like its creator, Dana Terrace, and it did so much for LGBTQ plus youth and trans people of all ages. Um, yeah, wow. Wow. That was that. Who, whoever wrote this? Shout out. This is why we can't hand things over to AI. Like that, like that was a really powerful statement. So watching and dreaming, which I guess is the last episode, would always have been a triumph. To close out a story with so many beloved characters and such a deep mythology. Yeah, wow. Um they said to do this by uh, spineless Disney execs was no small task, but doing so in a time of so much violence aimed at gay and trans kids feels like the firm planting of a beacon of hope. Over the past three years, the Owl House has soared, while the U.S. has plummeted even deeper into uh, anti-LGBTQ hysteria. Well, now I need to watch it. <laughs> um, queerness isn't some uh, peripheral happenstance on the Owl House. It is a formative part of each gay and trans character's lives. It informs who they love and how they love and how they contextualize themselves in the larger world. It also gifts its audience with a vast palette of experiences to paint with. Queerness, like wild magic, goes against the tyrannical learnings of the Emperor Balos because queerness, like wild magic, seeps into the cracks of rigid binary thinking and busts normal apart with a song and a smile. That's very lovely. It kind of reminds me of um, when we talk about Friday the 13th. Um, you know I love a good Friday the 13th rant. Um, and I always say, like, you don't have to love the Friday the 13th for all of the made-up reason meme makers say you should. You can just love it because it's an opportunity to make people uncomfortable. And isn't that what being a witch is all about, you know? Because uncomfortable promotes change. So, ooh, the Owl House, we did not deserve you. Honestly, how we got a show like this for three years is astounding to me. 
Anyways, I am throwing this over to our moon correspondent, and after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Friday, May 5th. The full moon eclipses in the intense gaze of Scorpio today. Here, the moon opposes the sun, Mercury, and Uranus. This is the final eclipse in Taurus, as the nodes begin to depart from the Taurus-Scorpio axis. The last year and a half may have been difficult for those with their big three in Taurus or Scorpio, as the nodes have moved through and challenged these parts of your chart. Eclipses bring big changes, and once the nodes have moved across the boundary to the next sign, the landscape is forever changed. We're beginning to clear the debris that has been scattered around this part of our charts from these unforeseen changes. Now that the changes are finishing, we need to adjust and get used to the new picture. That doesn't mean that it's the end of our grieving period for what used to be. It's just the moment where we begin to think about rebuilding on what was left behind. Your daily moon mantra is, Only in the shattering can the rebuilding occur. This has been your Daily Moon Mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago Astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. From the pages of Which Way Magazine comes a new collection of stories by longtime fiction contributor Olive Blake called Grow Your Own Optimist. Featuring a never-before-seen short story, Grow Your Own Optimist is often romantic, occasionally satirical, and always unexpected. These surprising tales of demons, devil's advocates, dystopia, and dating remind us that there is magic to be found in the dark places. Olive Blake is a New York Times best-selling author of The Atlas Six and several other books, including the Which Way anthology, The Answer You Are Looking For Is Yes, and the novella La Petite Mort. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Goblin Prince Toddler, and Rescue Pitbull. Find the new anthology series, Grow Your Own Optimist by Olive Blake, wherever books are sold. All right, we are back. So we are actually taking a look at an article from the new May issue of Which Way magazine. And this is one that um, I definitely feel like after uh, we all... Oh, I'm going to watch my language. <laughs> I just realized I was back on the podcast. Um after we lovingly got trampled on um, by the planets the past few weeks, all I want in, is peace in my life. Um, I keep watching TikToks of just people gently in the forest, and that's what my soul needs. Like, so this article, it's all about uh, finding magic and beauty in small moments. It's called. The Forgotten Art of Savoring, and it's by Sarah Marie Little. And I will say I completely agree with this just right off the bat. Um, I have found that I sometimes overstimulate my mind. So um, I've had to cut down to only one podcast a day, only one hour of TikTok, because What's happening is I'm overstimulating my brain. I'm taking in too much information and my brain isn't having time to rest to be creative. So I have found that it's getting harder and harder for me to be creative because I'm just taking in information and the creative process is taking in information and then uh, it goes through the filter of your experience and then you create something new. And um, 
I'm, my brain doesn't have the space to filter and create anymore. So I'm having to like take in less stimulation and it's really odd. Like I've never in my life have been at, at, up at this point where I'm struggling to produce or create. It's very, it's very strange. So I'm very much in this space of, um, I just want to live in a van and read books and write. Like that is what the planets have done to me. So um, I'm definitely down for savoring. So positive psychology is the science of what makes a good life. Positive psychology dry, uh, draws upon the empirically based evidence that helps to guide the application of techniques and interventions. The focus of positive psychology is on helping people, communities, and organizations to flourish. So there are two pathways to creating a rich and thriving life. The first is hedonic, uh, hedonic well-being. Hedonic? What am I trying to say? I know it's not hedonistic, so it's got to be hedonic. Hmm. The first is hedonic well-being. Uh, this focuses on positive feelings. This involves taking pleasure in external things, such as enjoying a feast, watching Wednesday on Netflix, or grinding herbs. In contrast, eudaimonic well-being focuses on creating an engaged and meaningful life, such as following your purpose or being engaged in the state of flow when casting your spring spells. So both are vital for living well. Savoring is one element of happiness. It often gets overlooked in our fast-paced culture. Savoring has been linked to better health, increased life satisfaction, developed self-efficiency, and it sends us on an upward spiral of joy. The warmer months are a great time to embody the positive emotion of savoring. Pleasure versus savoring. So with pleasure, we may enjoy it without being fully present, such as eating a piece of dark chocolate mindlessly in contrast to uh, savoring, savoring and embracing the moment. So how I think could better explain that is savoring is the first bite of chocolate ice cream. That moment where you go, oh, or your first sip of a coffee and you go, oh, that's savoring. Whereas pleasure is we're now at the bottom of that pint of ice cream. We're no longer savoring. We're just getting it down, you know? Um, when we savor, we bring mindfulness to a pleasant activity and attend to it with all of our senses. We ask ourselves, what do you taste, see, smell, hear, or feel? So here are three ways to embrace savoring in your life. One, a savoring walk. I like to take walks around my neighborhood. It helps me get out of my head and into my senses. A savoring walk and into, um, or it, it involves mindfully walking around your neighborhood or home. You are intensely present and your feelings are heightened by the beauty around you. A savoring walk is a very intuitive experience. You are not hurrying to go someplace. Instead, you are innately present to the beauty surrounding you. As you stroll mindfully on your savoring walk, you let that beauty become your compass. Sometimes I will take a photograph as well. This is known as savoring photograph. Later, you can return to this photograph and re-immerse yourself in the positive experiences you felt when taking the picture. 
This is known as savoring through uh, reminiscence. I actually used to do this every day. I used to go for a nice morning walk every day through the Garden District in New Orleans, which is beautiful. Um, and it was really beautiful. I got to really savor everything and the flowers and um, my dog loved it. But something happened where basically we, uh, we this man wouldn't leave us alone and he kept trying to come towards us and like touch my dog. And it was, it was just very upsetting. And I, and I haven't done it since <laughs> that was years ago. That was actually 2020. It was just so trauma. It was just really upsetting. Um, so I need to get back to it. I need to get like, get over that and I need to, uh, get back to it. Next is savoring day-to-day -day activities. Savoring is a great skill because you don't need to have or do more. However, you need to bring greater focus and positive emotion to what you are already doing. As I write this, I am perched beside my window. The Wiccan creed is nestled on my windowsill and a small cauldron sits beside it. My desk was filled with books, paper, and pens a few minutes ago. I cleared the space and welcomed the energy of savoring in by tuning, by turning on my favorite witchy rebirth playlist, arranging my essential oil burner with a heavenly and heartwarming scent, lit a candle, and brewing my favorite tea. The space feels decadent, and it feels very relaxing as well. Instead of rushing through the day and the tasks we are called to, we can take our time, slow down, and find magic and beauty in savoring the small moments. And this is hard. This is a hard thing to do. It's not easy. Um, I am really good at both savoring and then completely letting my routines run me. Um, it's hard savoring, like really taking the space to be present is really difficult, especially in the world we're in. Next is savoring through anticipation. I recently received the grades back for some studies I'd been completing. I put in a lot of work and eagerly awaited these grades. I checked every day for one week to see if the grades were released. However, in my heart, I knew the grades would not come back until a specific date. Yet, I had fun looking at and thinking of the good grades I may receive. I was looking forward to the pleasurable joy of hopefully getting a high distinction. When I did receive my marks, I threw my hands in the air and yelled, yes, what a great feeling to achieve and do something that greatly pleased me. Yet when I reflect on the week, I see that I was savoring each moment and day through anticipation. I made myself feel good by imagining the happy experience of receiving my grades. When we have an event or some pleasurable activity ahead in our life, we can and should take time to regularly imagine the activity. We can feel immense joy before something occurs just by thinking about it. Savor the pleasure of some future event today. Savoring is about enjoying life's journey and tending to the sacred moments with complete presence. As cliche as it may sound, we must. So this is a great article. It definitely reminded me to step back, reset, um, 
find pleasure in the things I enjoy doing. Uh, another thing that can help with savoring through anticipation is like pick something new to do each month. Um, a new restaurant that you've never tried that's like by your house or um, take a pottery class or one of those wine paint classes. Like planning something new once a month is like really good for our brains. Uh, we Our brains like novel. Uh, so even if it's not a good time, you still get enjoyment because it's new. Um, so that is kind of like my little trick. And I try to do that, um, pretty often. So yeah. Oh, I should have mentioned we're doing a live show right now. So everyone's live. What are we talking about? Um, oh, we talked about yellow jackets. We talked about owl house. We talked about you season four. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Um, oh, Nicole says, uh, my, oh, her TikTok feed is all rabbits, cats, and animals. Brandon says, I used to take walks listening to a podcast, but I think savor them more when I hear all the sounds and focus on my surroundings. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, as Matt, <laughs> as much as I would love to encourage you to listen to my podcast, um, walks should be done without anything. Uh, at least once in a while, at least, without audiobooks, without music, without podcasts, just so you can truly be present and savor the sounds of the animals and the birds and, um, you know, so you're not distracted. Judith says, I love to savor a perfect moment in time and put it in my pocket to take out later when I need it. Yeah, I need to do um, walks again. real bad. All right, witches. Uh, we are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to listener Gabrielle McSloy. Gabrielle, you perfect wicked gazelle. Uh, Molly Higgins, you tenacious scholarly dragon. Kim Dunn, you sparkling loyal oracle. And Nessie, you smashing sweet selkie. Oh, that's a good one. Smashing sweet selkie. Come on. That's good. Um, so before we leave, we do have a card pull today. Our card today is the Page of Chalices from the Buffy Tarot. Let's see. I'm obsessed with this, by the way. I love it. Okay, page of chalices. Sweet, gentle Clem is the ideal page of chalices. His arrival means good news and probably hot wings. So prepare for the unexpected, highly welcome opportunity. This page symbolizes getting in touch with your softer self, conjuring the sort of curiosity you had as a kid, and exploring possibilities you might not have considered. Um, and that's it. Um, housekeeping, May 7th, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, on the Patreon, we do have book club. So check it out. Um, if you have not had an opportunity to read the book, that's okay. They're all short stories. You can read just one. Um, but I'm super pumped. And uh, yeah, there we go. 
So that's it. Don't forget any books, text, headline sources. Anything we reference today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again next week. Okay. Bye. Witches. We hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. <laughs>